You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hi, everybody. This week, we are talking all about frost-free hydrants. And if you wonder why in June, we're talking about frost-free hydrants, well, that's because if you had a problem with one over the winter or if you need to install some, now is the time of year to be doing that. Isn't it funny how it works that everything that we need done to protect us in the winter, we got to be doing that in the summer. So whether it's putting up hay for feed, cutting firewood for heat, or installing frost-free hydrants to keep that water flowing to our livestock and not freezing and breaking pipes, that all needs to get done right now. Well, I will tell you, I had a frost-free hydrant break about three weeks ago, and it broke, and I had never replaced one. I, I understood, or at least I thought I understood the basic concept of how they worked, but I'd never replaced one. So, I got the measurements and ran into DNB Supply there in Meridian, and I had our guest from today's episode come up and offer to help me. Now, with that said, he did not know that I hosted this show or that I was affiliated with DNB Supply. I was just in there in my dirty work clothes, needing to buy a frost-free hydrant to replace the one I had. By the time he got done helping me, he had given me so much information on these, I realized that I literally knew nothing about the operation, the installation, or I should say the proper installation of these frost-free hydrants. And I knew right then and there that I wanted to make this an episode for the rest of you who uh, have to deal with these, need to install, repair, and were at the same place as me. So I contacted uh, the manager there at the Meridian store and said, hey, I just had this great experience with Ryan. Would you please see if he'd be willing to come on the show and help me do an episode all about frost-free hydrants. And so we've done that for you today. And here is that episode. I hope you enjoy it very much. And if, if you need to use these, which all of us out here in, in Eastern Oregon and Idaho live in areas where the ground freezes, so we need to, this should be a really great and informative episode for you. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply. D&B knows that your boots are probably the hardest working gear you put on for the day, so they need to fit well, give you plenty of arch support, and have tons of grit to match your determination. And that's what sets White's Boots apart. White's Boots are an American tradition, handcrafted in the U.S. for over 150 years. And whether you're going to work on the ranch, in the field, or on the fire line, White's Boots will be there for you every step of the way. White's Boots, the all-leather legend, available at your favorite D&B Supply. Well, joining me today is Ryan Bivens. He's a hard side sales representative at the D&B store in Meridian. And uh, we are going to be speaking with him all about frost-free hydrants today. Ryan, welcome to the show and thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> you bet. Well, I wanted to say thank you for the great help you gave me. I think it was last weekend when I had to come and purchase a frost-free hydrant. And you probably had no idea when you were helping me out that it was going to lead to this. Yeah, I not at all. <laughs> well, sorry. It was not a trap. I promise. I really did have a broken frost-free <laughs> hydrant at home and uh, needed to get it replaced. But anyway, as we were having that conversation, I thought, you know, this would be a very, very good episode because 
you had a wealth of knowledge about how these operate that I did not. And I thought I knew what I was talking about and I didn't. So I thought, you know, let's let's bring this forward as an episode. So we'll do that here in just a second. I wanted to start out by asking you, how long have you worked with DNB Supply? I've been with DNB for seven years. Oh, okay. So how did you wind up with DNB? What led you to, to working there? It ended up being right about the time the economy dropped. I was looking for another place that, you know, I felt comfortable working and DMB was it. Great. Well, I'm glad that that was available for you at that time. Now, what is your background? I mean, obviously you've got really good product knowledge when it came to talking about these, but did you grow up in a rural area or on a farm or something like that? I did grow up in a rural area and then I also spent probably six years working in underground um, utilities, water, sewer, stuff like that. Got it. So that that led you to uh, knowing exactly what you were talking about with me the other day. Well, Mm -hmm. so we're talking about frost-free hydrants today. And I think what we'll do for the listeners who maybe don't know what we're talking about, let's start off with a very basic question. What in the world is a frost-free hydrant? A frost-free hydrant is a hydrant, a water hydrant designed to you know, give you water when you need it, but when it shuts off, it's actually designed to drain back into the ground so you don't have water sitting above the frost line and freezing up that unit where you can't use it. Now, we're broadcast, our radio show at least, is in uh, southwest Idaho and eastern Oregon. So why do people in this region, why do they need uh, this type of hydrant for their livestock water and, and the water on their property? It makes it a lot more utilizable um, versus just a regular spigot because the regular spigot is just going to allow the water to sit up at surface level or higher depending on where the the spigot would sit and it keeps everything from freezing up so you can use them year-round as long as they're working properly. Okay, so if you don't have a frost-free hydrant, then it's probably something that you're going to have to drain or blow out before we get those really cold temperatures. Otherwise, it's going gonna, it's gonna to freeze and going to break your, your pipe. Right, and it even could freeze back up to the house itself and do damage inside the house. Well, I've got a number of questions for you as we go forward here. So my first one is, if somebody is going to be installing one of these for the first time, there's different lengths of these frost-free hydrants. How do you recommend to somebody they choose what length of hydrant they should purchase? I normally go based off of where they're going to be installing it at, whether it's in the higher elevations or down here in the valley. Down here in the valley, the frost line's about four feet deep, so I'd recommend a four or five foot berry, depending on how high they want the head, to make it easier for them to use. And then when you get into like McCall Donley areas, you're looking at about a six foot frost line, so a seven or six to eight foot berry. Oh wow, I didn't realize it went that deep. So that's that's some pretty hard freezing. Yeah. And so I guess I should have explained too what we're talking about here is we're talking about. Uh, when you come into a store to purchase a frost-free hydrant, you're purchasing this very long metal pipe with a valve on the top, and uh, this is going to stick way down in the ground to get you below that frost line. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Now, let's say you're replacing a hydrant like I was last weekend uh, that we have at home, and uh, before I came to the store, I didn't measure it, so I called my wife at home while you and I were in the aisle, and I said, hey, measure that really that thing really quick. Give me the, the length of that. And I forget what it was. It was 72 inches or something total. How does the total length of the hydrant from bottom to top correlate to uh, the length that you'll read there on the sticker uh, of the hydrants that are for sale in the store? 
it's really hard because there's no distinguishing mark on the pipe itself that gives you the buried depth. So what they try to do is allot you at least two feet above the ground at the buried depth, which some people like them a little bit higher. So that's when they'll go to another foot higher in the buried depth. So okay. about half of that, the half that the hydrant's going to be underground. So like when when I was looking at the hydrants there at the store, there were some that were. Oh, I forget, maybe 40, it, the sticker said it was a 48-inch hydrant mm-hmm. or something like that. But when it says 48 inches, the actual overall length of that pipe is longer than 48 inches. Yeah, it's going to be roughly six feet. Okay, so roughly six feet. So the inches they're giving you on the sticker is basically what they're saying the above-ground height is going to be. Is that right? No, that would be the, the below-ground height. That's the below, okay, sorry, that's yeah. the below-ground height. Okay, see, that's why we've got you on the phone and not me. Uh, okay. All right. We're really good. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to ask you some questions about repairing these things. All right. All right. They say legends aren't born, they're made. At Justin Boots, they're made to last, and that's why you can find this legendary Western footwear at D&B Supply. In 1879, Justin Boot Company mastered the craft of boot making. Then they spent the next century and a half perfecting it. Today, Justin Boots are still a U.S.-made tradition and an icon of Western culture. Fit for men, women, and kids alike. When you need to wear it well, Western style, stop on by D&B Supply for Justin Boots. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. All right, Ryan. Well, now that we're back, I wanted to talk a little bit about repairs and really to get your recommendation to start. So if somebody's having a problem with the frost-free hydrant, do you recommend replacing the parts that are inside the hydrant or just is it does it make more sense to replace the entire hydrant assembly? It just depends on how damaged the unit is because the way that they work is there's a foot, there's a little plunger that sits down the bottom. And nine times out of ten, the reason they don't work is either that plunger has failed or you've got roots or debris in it. And nine times out of ten, I tell people, first thing you want to do is make sure it's draining. If it's not draining, then the next step would be to dig down to it and see if there's roots in the system. That's going to be the main fail on a frost-free hydrant. Okay, so roots getting into it. Now, how do the roots get into the, the actual hydrant itself? So when you when you raise and lower the handle up on top, it actually lifts a rod with a rubber foot in the bottom. And that foot allows water to come by and up and out the top. But when you close it, it opens up a drain that allows the water to drain back out, keeping it from freezing. And roots will actually go right back through that drain and into the system to get easy access to water. Okay, so roots that are growing down there near the hydrant, they can enter uh, into mm-hmm. the pipe through that drain. Correct. Okay. Well, I probably should have asked you this first, but what are the main parts? You mentioned the plunger. You mentioned the drain. What other parts are there to these frost-free hydrants? They're pretty simple. I mean, you've got a main rod that operates the plunger down at the very bottom. You've got the base where your water line ties in, and then you've got the operating head assembly, which most of that is just 
a lever to lift the rod and to reseat the rod once you're done with it. And then on that rod, when when you're lifting that lever and it's it's lifting the rod, there's a little, there's like a set screw, a square-headed set screw that'll screw in and it'll tighten against that rod. Is that meant to stay in one place or is that meant to allow you to adjust uh, how far up the rod comes for, I guess, pressure and things like that? No, most of the time what that one's for is kind of a, a locking system. It allows you to keep that handle locked down if it's not one that's being used primarily or, you know, for other reasons that you don't want that valve opened. It locks against the main body to keep the handle from lifting. It's kind of a drag lock, but you can also lock them out with a regular padlock from the handle to the base. Okay, so you're, um, I think you and I are talking about two different parts. So you're talking about the dial on the on the side that you can you can okay, yeah okay so there's a round dial on the side of of the uh the lever the head of the of the frost free hydrant and so what you're saying is you can use that to actually lock it open or closed correct okay now on the front like when you lift the lever and you're looking at the rod there's this little square headed bolt that'll screw in against the rod um and as far as i can tell that you can adjust that so you can open it up further or less, I suppose. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That That is actually is, is an adjustment. So when you are replacing the parts inside, you can adjust that to keep the right amount of pressure once it's closed. Okay. To make sure that seat in the bottom is closed properly. You're not getting any water by it. Got it. Okay. So uh, the way that comes from the store, it's set where it's supposed to be. And really, unless you need to, or if it's slipped or something like that, you don't want to mess with that adjustment unless you're replacing parts? Correct. Okay. Now, you mentioned that on the lever, there's some holes where you can actually lock it shut. Why would somebody want to lock their their water shut? Some people have them tied into irrigation systems, so they don't want you know it pulling off an irrigation system, especially if they have limited water coming from that system or if they just don't want it accessed at all. So it's just a way to make sure that if it's if it's not in an area that you're monitoring, that you can control the fact that nobody will be turning that water on. Exactly. And now, uh, you know, what I didn't ask you is is these frost-free hydrants. For, for your typical homeowner uh, who doesn't have livestock, is this a very necessary thing to have? Not as a rule, depending on what their situations are. A lot of people like them because you can remotely install them at different parts of the property to get to where you don't have to drag hoses across the yard. You can just run them in a certain spot. But a lot of your house hydrants that come off the side of the wall are frost-free as well. Oh, okay. So those will be frost-free. They'll just work with kind of a bit of a different mechanism. But anything that's going to have water in it and be subject to the outside air during the winter, you're going to have to have that pipe draining somehow to be able to uh, keep it from freezing. Yes. Well, let's talk about the mechanism that allows uh, the hydrant drain to work a little bit again. So you mentioned the plunger. Do you mind describing that just a little bit more, how in one position it lets water in from the main line, and then in another position it lets the water drain out? Yeah, so what, what they do is they actually have a preset size, and it's just a rubber stopper that's in a dome shape, and then on the back side, it's got threads built in, so you can thread the rod in to open and close it. And what it does is as it lifts, it clears the bottom of the pipe, and the bottom of the pipe's tapered so that's, that foot will sit right in there and seal it up. But 
is it also shuts it down far enough to allow the water to come out the drain. And then when it's opened up, then it allows water to come up. I guess over the radio, it's maybe a little bit difficult to visualize, but you've got this pipe and you have this plunger going up and down inside the pipe. And when it goes down, it shuts off the water from coming in from your main water supply line. And it opens a valve out the side of the pipe where water can actually drain out. So it empties it. Correct. Okay, very good. And and on our place, these are really, really useful because we've got livestock in different areas of the farm. And so in the winter, they still need water and we have to get the water to them somehow. And if we didn't have a frost-free hydrant close to where they're located, then we would have to put everything in buckets or a tank or something like that every single day and take it down there to fill uh, their water troughs up. Yeah, that's correct. And that's never fun. (laughs) No. And I've done it. (laughs) I've done it. And uh, you're 100% correct. It is not. (laughs) Now, I wanted to ask you, if somebody's going to have these frost-free hydrants installed on their property, do you recommend that where the main water supply is leading into the line that's going to go to the frost-free hydrants, would you recommend a shutoff valve similar to what you would have for a sprinkler system? So if something does go wrong, you can shut that off but keep water to the rest of your system? I do, yes. That's the first thing I do when I install one is I make sure I've either got a valve where I've got water coming up the main, but I do actually like to put it closer to the hydrant itself. That way I still got something to work with if something in between breaks. Yeah, so if if something goes haywire, you hit it with a tractor or a vehicle or something down the lane, then you don't have to lose water to your whole household or something like that. You can just shut it off to those hydrants while you're getting it repaired. Correct. All right, let's take another break, and then when we come back, we'll continue uh, discussing, and you can continue educating me about these frost-free hydrants. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler Apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B supply. When you need to feed every horse in the barn, D&B's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and stamina overall. Get better performance, no matter the stage, with Purina Strategy Horse Feed. Available at your favorite D&B supply. All right, right. Well, now that we're back, I wanted to ask you about the drain that comes out of the side of the frost-free hydrant. Now, when you purchase it, what are you going to see? Well, when you purchase a brand new frost-free hydrant, when you're looking at the bottom where it screws into the main line and you're looking at the side where that drain comes out, what, what how will it present itself to you? It's a different piece. It's a cast. Normally, they're brass but it's a cast piece that's bigger than the main pipe. And as a rule, you're going to have a plug that comes in to protect the threads on the bottom as well as on the drain. So you want to make sure, especially when you're putting everything together, that those two caps are removed. Because if that drain cap is not removed, then there's no purpose in putting it in because it's not going to drain at all. Okay. And then you'll end up freezing the pipe or the head itself and destroying one or the other. So that drain cap is there simply to protect the threads. There's no other use for it. So when you're installing this, you need to make sure and get that out of the bottom and out of the side of the pipe. Yeah, that's correct. 
if you don't install any sort of a, a nipple or a piece of pipe coming out of that drain hole on the, the side of the pipe, will the pipe still drain? It will still drain as long as you have proper draining material around it. Okay. Uh, now, do you recommend leaving it like that, or do you recommend actually installing a piece of pipe coming off of, of the pipe? I, I do recommend putting in, like a they call it a curb elbow or a street elbow, and it just threads into the side and just allows it to drain straight down. So when you do put in your, your draining material, it doesn't block that drain. And then when we were speaking the other day in the store, you recommended using Teflon tape uh, when I was putting the hydrant back into the main line and when I was putting in the pipe to the drain. Why did you recommend using the Teflon tape? The reason for the Teflon tape is to allow if it ever has to be dismantled again or a new one put in for some other reason, it makes it a lot easier to pull everything apart without running a chance of breaking your the nipple coming up into the threads going into the hydrant and just makes life a lot easier when you're repairing it and happen to tear it apart. That way that everything doesn't rust together or corrode together. Well, you mentioned the drainage area. So let's talk about the drainage area where this pipe is going to drain into. So when you're preparing this area and you're you're putting that frost-free hydrant down there, what should the area underneath that drain and I guess underneath the connection to the main line, what should that all look like? How should you prepare that? What I normally do is I normally go, some people like to go two foot deep. Some people like to go a foot deep below what they would have the hydrant sitting at at the very bottom where the water line comes in. And that's to give it more drain space to really make sure that the hydrant's totally drained out. And then bring it up to where you need to. And then I'll even put a brick or a you know, heavy flat rock underneath to give it a stable platform to sit on before I start burying it up. Okay. So when you say you go a foot to two feet beneath it, you're digging a hole a foot to two feet beneath it, and then you're filling it with what? With, uh, you know, small river rock or even pea gravel work as well. Just something to help keep most of the dirt away from it and allow it to drain properly. Okay. So if you have dirt right up next to the drain, then... It's not going to drain properly, is that correct? Correct, because the the dirt, especially the soil around here with as much clays in there, it's just going to get hardened up and it's not going to drain as efficiently as it should or at all. Okay. Because that dirt will get into that drain and work its way in and just plug it up. Okay, so it could actually plug it. So like what we were talking about before where you got to pull that rubber stopper out, all of a sudden, if you've got really clay-filled dirt right next to that, you can just basically be putting a dirt stopper right back in it. Correct. Okay, so you, you want to have that rock around there. Now, as I'm envisioning this, if it's if that drain is draining out into dirt as compared to rock, it seems to me as it's draining into rock or gravel or whatever it may be, the speed with which that pipe empties is going to be faster. Am I envisioning this correctly? Yes, that is very correct. Okay, so... In very, very cold temperatures, temperatures like we had, I think in my place this winter, we had at least a 20 below once. So in temperatures like that, or and you can tell me the threshold of temperatures, but if your pipe is draining slowly because you've got it up next to dirt or not good drain materials, then even though it's draining, if it doesn't drain fast enough, is there still a chance that the water that's in that pipe could freeze? Yes, there is. So, I mean, at what 
temperatures do we really need to be worried about this just anything at or below freezing or is there a threshold that you you tell people hey you really got to make sure this is right if you're hitting these temperatures even when we're hitting you know low 30s high 20s it still will freeze up if it's not draining properly Okay. So pretty important then. Uh, really, I mean, for the operation, it's the whole point of this frost-free hydrant. It sounds like one of the most important parts of the installation here is going to be that drainage bed. Exactly. Now, why do you like to put a flat rock or a brick or something like that underneath? And, and when you say underneath, where are you talking about exactly? Where I'm putting it in is where you're making your 90 coming from your main feed line into the hydrant itself. I just like to give it a good flat surface to keep it stable. That way it doesn't try to, over time, settle back down lower than what it needs to be because that pipe and everything else still can settle deeper because of how deep the trench was dug and the dirt's been disturbed. So it allows that everything to settle back out. So if that pipe wants to settle, does that mean that you're kind of putting some extra stress on that pipe that over time might cause a malfunction down there? Yeah, and it's more depending on what pipe you're running, but it's more so going to be on the 90 itself where it makes the turn from the main feed into the hydrant itself. Okay. And that's where your breakage could happen. Now, on mine, the way mine broke is as you go down the pipe right before you get to the threaded part on the bottom, there's kind of this this wide spot in the pipe. And it was uh, it was actually a goat that got its head in a hose off of that thing was pulling on it. And we already had a hole opened up because I had had a previous problem with the valve and you know how these things go. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he started yanking on it and pulled it right off. And so, but it, it broke the it broke between where the threaded part was and this wide spot on the bottom of the pipe. What does that wide spot do? That wide spot is where the actual shoe itself for the drain actually sits. That's where the whole operation of the stopping of the water and the draining of the water happens is in that wide spot between where the feed line comes in and the upper pipe of the hydrant goes in. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take another break and then I've got a couple more questions about uh, installation repairs and things like that. Okay. Hamilton Carhartt started sweating the details back in 1889. Carhartt started to stitch together workwear made to stand up to steel, smoke, and the Industrial Revolution. Ever since, Carhartt gear has survived in the most rugged corners of the world and thrived in the harshest conditions at work or home. In 1959, a couple of fellas named Dutch and Bud set up their first supply shop in Idaho to outfit people in the West with only the best. When you need the stuff of legends, even just to make it through the workday, stop in for some Carhartt at your favorite favorite D&B supply. What's the buzz? Backyard beekeeping is a happening trend all over the West, and D&B supply has the gear you need to get in on the hive mentality. Think inside the beekeeping box with supplies by Miller Manufacturing, including a 10-frame beginner's hive kit that has what you need to get started in one sweet package. It includes a 10-frame hive with installed frames, smoker, smoke fuel, hive tool, bee brush, and frame feeder. Better add this one to your honey-do list or at least to your shopping list for D&B. All right, now that we're back, uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you, so, you know, it's so tempting, and I and I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let the expert tell me. So if you're having a problem with your frost-free hydrant, and it's buried down there, you know, three feet deep, four feet deep, whatever it may be, and you know it just threads right on to that, that 90 degree or that T that's down there below, if you have to replace the whole thing, can you just unscrew it and pull it up through the hole without digging it out, or do you have to dig it out each and every time that you you need to make a repair? You're going to want to dig it out because 
if you are able to unthread it, nine times out of ten, you're not able to. What will happen is as soon as you start pulling that hydrant up from the ground, all that dirt and everything that's been in there is going to fall right back into your 90 for the main feed line. And then it's going to cause issues whether dirt gets in there and just starts chewing up the rubber and the brass. So as soon as that brass starts getting chewed away, it's going to allow for the the water to weep by that shoe once the new one's put in. So each and every time you are digging. Yeah. And actually, it sounds like a lot, but uh, if you've installed it, then the, the dirt's probably not that difficult to dig through right there. It's, you'll get through it quicker than you're thinking. Yeah, because when you're digging around something that's the ground's already been disturbed, it's going to be a lot easier digging than if you're digging into ground that hasn't been touched in 40, 50 years. <laughs> right. Yes, I just experienced this, and I can, I can give you firsthand testimony that what you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, it was it was much easier digging than many other places. We're in Cuna with a lot of lava rock, and fortunately I didn't hit any of that or caliche. So it went pretty smoothly. That's yeah, always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I wanted to ask you, so what do you call the part on the top of the frost-free hydrant, the part with the lever? Is that just called the head? Yeah, that's just called the head. Okay. Now on the on the spout coming off of that head, there is kind of a raised notch, almost like a gun sight, uh, as it as the spout's getting ready to turn down. Is that there so you can hang a bucket on there to fill it and it'll hold the bucket on? Yeah, that's what the original purpose of that casting was, was to where you can hang a bucket or whatever. You're, that way you can do multiple things at one time. Oh, okay. Very good. So you can multitask while you're filling a bucket or something like that. And you said that was the original purpose of that. Is, is there another purpose for that little part of the of the head at this point? It depends on how it's being operated, but that is the sole intent for it. Um, and that's why they originally cast it into the, the system was for hanging buckets off of it while you're filling them up. Got it. Okay. All right. Now, when we were talking at the store, uh, you had in your inventory both hydrants with a red head on top and with a blue head on the top. What was the difference between those two? The only difference between them is one's a U.S.-made product, which is the blue one, and it's a Simmons. And then the red ones are an overseas-manufactured hydrant out of China. And then uh, regarding the diameter, it, it appeared to me that on all the hydrants, the pipe was the same diameter. Are they all consistent like that, or is there a chance if you buy a different brand hydrant, you're going to have to change out that 90 degree or that T down at the bottom because it's going to be a different diameter pipe? No, as a rule, everybody's going to a pretty much a, a common pipe diameter and and thread assembly on the bottom because regardless of what the manufacturer is, they're just trying to make it to where you don't have to change out everything every time you have to replace one. Okay, good. That's thankful for that. So what yeah. is what is that size? For the person listening who's going, yeah, I got to do this, uh, maybe we can give them a head start. So what is the uh, the size diameter of that pipe? The main body pipe is, I do believe it's one inch inside diameter, but down where everything threads in is three quarter inch. It's three quarter. Okay. And then what about the drain? If you're, if you're going to do what we're recommending here, which is a run, some sort of an elbow or something like that off of that side drain, what is the size thread you'll need there? Most of those are eighth inch, but I have seen those vary towards either eighth or quarter inch. Okay. But if they vary, that's not a huge deal because when you're buying the hydrant, you can just go right. I mean, your, your parts were right next to it. So just go find the right part, screw it in and test it and boom, you've got it. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, what 
else do we need to know about using, repairing, installing frost-free hydrants that I haven't covered or I haven't asked about? The, in the installation, besides just digging down that extra foot for rock, what I like to do is once I get that extra foot to two foot down in there, I also lay down a weed barrier cloth around the outside of the hole or even around the hydrant itself and then buried up another foot with rock. And the, the weed barrier is actually there to help prevent roots from trees coming in and actually plugging up that drain line. Okay. So it's kind of a deterrent for that. And then, like I said, I do like to have a lot of rock in there just to make sure I get plenty of drainage out of there without having any problems with it freezing. So when you say that you wrap the pipe with the weed barrier, you're talking about wrapping it and actually the, the elbow coming off to drain the pipe is within that weed barrier? Correct. Okay. Very good. And then um, and you layer the hole on the bottom and the sides as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. As you come and then up, that, sorry, and then that way you just create a barrier to prevent the the roots from coming in and plugging up the hydrant. And then as you're as you're filling it in after you've got the rock in and you filled the rock up above the drain, uh, do you put weed matting on top of that as well to try and give it, I guess, a 360 degree coverage? Yeah, I try to I try to give myself enough length when I put the weed barrier down in there that I can either go around the entire rock bed that I've just put in or like I said I'll even go directly around the hydrant itself and then just put the rock around the, the weed barrier okay very good well I, this is great uh, like I, I knew it when I came in the other day you're a wealth of information is there anything else we've got to make sure people know before they in, take on one of these projects and the, the easiest way to make sure that it's draining properly is once you turn it on as soon as you shut it off put your hand in front of the nozzle end of the hydrant and if you're feeling lots of vacuum or air pulling back against your hand that's a good indication you're draining properly if you don't feel a whole lot of suction against your hand you do have an underlying issue it's not draining properly or something's in there stopping it and then another good sign is is if you do have water kind of dripping out of the hydrant continuously you do have a root issue inside that drain and water still weeping by the foot and going up to the top of the hydrant. Well, I tried that vacuum trick and definitely got the mark on my hand from the suction. It was that strong. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely worked. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you for sharing all this and taking the time out of your day there at DNB to help us all understand these a little bit better. Not a problem at all. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.